0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Is losing fun? fun.
0: No. What are you having fun for? That's what losing sounds like. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky fan. The best damn football team, huh, Grump? Really? There's no other the, team the, I'd rather cheer for, but it's getting is harder. That,
1: is that what we've watched the last uh, four quarters last night? We watched the best damn football team?
0: Clearly the not. Best
1: the best football team with a, a short term and a long term plan for this football team. Ugh I I I just need to warn our loyal listeners that this next episode will be probably graphic in nature. There'll probably be a little overreaction. You may hear some hyperbole. You may hear some overreaction. You're going to hear a lot of fear, a lot of fear for the 2018 season, the fear for the long-term health and growth of this organization. I'm not happy. I'm pretty pissed grump let's just soldier forward and see what we can make of this mess
0: and the emmy goes to cranky fan for drama no for real though i i'm i'm pissed today was a long day um and i so i guess just to recap the the score ended 20 to 13 but a a solid 10 points of there were garbage time gimmies which doesn't seem to make sense but if you'd watch the game you'd understand
1: I don't even want to talk about this game right now. I want to talk about the, state the, of the issues the, the issues that are plaguing this team and what the implications are going forward. I guess when Gettleman took over, he had a mindset of this team needs to win now. And I saw it even on the back page of the New York Post that the win now plan is a failure already to, or some point of that. Granted, Dave Gettleman's an old guy. Granted, Dave Gettleman is fighting cancer. Maybe he has this feeling that this team has to win now. Um, we all know about the offensive line problems, and we're going to talk about the offensive line for sure. Um, my big fear is I'm going to go right to Eli Manning. We, Grump and I have talked since the show started. We've kind of little played a little game about ranking the top four quarterbacks in the division. And I have a little more of a negative view of Eli than Grump has had since we've started doing this. Um, I need to modify my definition of best quarterbacks in the division. Quarterbacks in the situation with their team currently is, Eli Manning is last in this division right now. He is of the four quarterbacks who start in the NFC East the last quarterback I want with this offensive line. And I fear for his health this season. I fear for the psychological damage he's being caused this season because of the bad offensive line. I also have a bigger fear that he might decide to hang it up after this year. And the the franchise-altering decision that was made to draft – Saquon Barkley instead of a quarterback when thinking we had Davis Webb as the guy we're grooming who we ultimately decided to cut for another quarterback that we drafted is going to backfire horrendously on this organization. I I am just, uh, again, I'm getting into a little bit of uh, possible overreaction zone, but as of the first eight quarters of this season, we're in a worst-case scenario right now, and I don't see a flip-switching. Like we did in the 2007 season, um, grump, get me off the ledge or tell me I'm not completely crazy.
0: Everything you said makes perfect sense, and I understand all of your fears. Um, what I will say is that not all eight quarters we've seen have are created equal. Um, I will I will submit that the last four quarters we've seen, I have seen Eli Manning drop his eyes waiting for an incoming hit more than I've ever seen him. That I concede, and I I can't argue that. And I'm with you, and I have the same fears that you have. Um, However, I will say that in the Jaguars game, though the offensive line problems were bad, I, A, don't think they were as bad as we saw last night. I, B, didn't really see Eli... Doing the things that he did last night. Um, you know, we were at that game and talking that, you know, he was throwing some money shots in there. I mean, he didn't. There's been a lot of talk about the one or two throws he missed that could have been game changing in that game. And I understand why, because they could have been game changing. But overall, he was playing pretty well in that game. Um, and I didn't see a whole lot of him dropping his eyes or fearing an incoming hit. So I'm not. I understand that all eight quarters have been bad offensive line play and not above average quarter pl- quarterback play. I get all that, but I think the last four quarters versus the four quarters before it are not the same exact story. The first
1: thing that Gettleman said when he got the job was, "I think this guy has got plenty in the tank, not just 2018. You know, two to three years at least worth as long as he wants to play, basically."
0: But, but before and, we before we go crazy, yeah, we are saying what exactly about Eli Manning right now that he is done or that he cannot survive behind this O line?
1: I think one causes the other. Okay. I think I think if he's behind the Dallas offensive line or behind one of the better offensive lines, I think he could still be a serviceable quarterback. Now remember, I have a lower opinion of Eli in the last couple of years than you do. I think that he's on the decline in his career. Um, I think the – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this with the offensive line too. Not only the physical play of the offensive line, I think we were horribly, horribly outcoached in mm-hmm. that game yesterday. This team did not look prepared for anything that Dallas threw at them. You know, coaching – playing a football game is about being prepared. It's being – you know, they always say you, you win the battle on – Monday through Thursday before, it looked like this coaching staff was not at all prepared for anything that Dallas threw at him and did nothing to make adjustments during the game. So, yes, you know, uh, Will Hernandez blew a block that caused a fumble. Yes, the right side of the line was its usual awfulness. But there were plays where they just, you know, they threw shit at us and nobody knew what they were doing, and they even said as much after the game. That's on coaching. That worries me uh, uh, you know, almost as much as the lack of talent we have on this offensive line. Roundabout answer to what you just asked, I just think that we've seen it in this league time and time again. Quarterbacks just get so gun-shy, and they just don't do what they normally do because of the fear. And there were throws when Eli had chances that he just either didn't make the throw or just didn't see guys that were open. You know, we – these offenses become just a check-down offense. Just get the ball out as fast as you can. No wonder Barkley had 14 catches. I mean, it was – some of them weren't even check-downs. They were like, I just got to get it out of my, out of my hands.
0: And, right, and I, I agree with all of that. And, but, but just, and, Eli,
1: and Eli is not the guy you want under center to have to deal with an offensive line that's a sieve or hasn't been – So who is? A Dak Prescott is a guy who would be
0: a much better quarterback for right now. But, now, but I mean, what evidence do you have to base that on? He's only ever is, played behind a, sh- a great offensive line.
1: Well, the fact is he can move. <laughs> the fact is he has legs. Well, I Alex Smith has legs.
0: I just disagree he, that, that, that that
1: that he's a statue back there right now. I he's understand that.
0: I'm not arguing that. All I'm saying is this this idea that if because cause I've seen it on Twitter, and I, I'm not defending anything. I, I agree with everything that you said. Right. Um, but what I am saying is this idea suddenly – this, this fan base is too quick to find a blame and that we need to fix the blame as if there is one problem and one solution and we are booking – Our tickets for the Super Bowl. And that's not the case. Last week it was Eric Flowers. This week it's Eli Manning. And I'm not putting you in this group. But, you know, it's following the line of thinking that you're saying, which is correct. But the idea that we suddenly get a mobile quarterback and our offensive line problems aren't as big of a problem is horseshit. And Dak Prescott, I want to remind everyone, threw for 160 yards yesterday. Including something like a 45-yard bomb on one play where Janoris Jenkins fell. So, this... How many attempts
1: I, did he have? Not many. He didn't have to throw that much.
0: You know, Ezekiel Elliott didn't run for over 100 yards either.
1: No. No.
0: Um, But on 25 attempts, yeah, that's low. But 16 of 25 isn't exactly throwing for 75% either. So... I, I, look, I get what you're saying, and I, and what you're saying is not incorrect. But I don't want it to venture into the path, and I don't want it to feed the fire of. We need to start looking at mobile quarterbacks, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, there are. I'm not, I'm not, are, going, I'm not there, going down that road at all.
0: This team has a hundred and fifty problems. The best team in the league has at least ten problems. Okay, and what I saw most of last night, and what disappointed me the most was not the O-line play because that's what we've seen, came to expect, and what we knew was going to happen. It was, as you said, the lack of preparation. And I, I know that we spent the whole preview episode of me saying that Dallas's defense stinks and that it's Jacksonville light. Um, but one thing I didn't mention is Rod Marinelli. Rod Marinelli has had the Dallas defense, which has been starless for the last five years and managed to put... Competitive defense on the field—that doesn't come from thin air. um He's a good defensive coordinator. That being said, what we saw were elementary failures on the offensive line in picking up stunts and blitzes. Yeah, I, I, um, and, and and to to your credit, it's coaching, it's gelling, it's practice, and it's everything you might expect from five new offensive linemen,
1: right? And let's remember, and let's remember one thing too. You know, we had last year. Weston Richburg and Justin Pugh were on this offense at the start of the season. To say we upgraded this line by making the additions may not necessarily be true. They are no longer here because we couldn't afford them, or we did not want to sign them to long-term extensions that would blow our cap out, and were quite frankly injury risks as well. Mm-hmm. So just because we made changes does not necessarily mean. After week 2, we have more talent on the offensive line than we did last year.
0: But that doesn't necessarily I, mean that we have less either. If you look back at week 1 last year, it was the exact same. I watched this game last night. I watched it last year.
1: Yeah, but you can't you can't tell me that, you know, who who's now you no, know, we we lost our starting center which was kind of a crapshoot between, you know, Jalapio and and um
0: Brad Jones.
1: And Brad Jones, you can't tell me that either one of those guys are better than Weston Ritzburg when he's healthy. No. And now we're now we're digging into a backup now. So I'm talking about the talent level. My my point being that just because the headlines are well, they have five new guys and they you know they spent for this and got this, it doesn't mean that these guys are are better than what we had at the beginning of last year. I mean that that's sort spin? of is that's, that's a,
0: sort of a loaded answer. Uh, I, I mean I think the point I'm making is that we had. So
1: some people are pissed off today. They're like, "Wow, we, you know, they got these new guys and, you know, they it's worse. It's like, well, they are our new guys, but they're they're not automatically our upgrades in each guy that we got.
0: Well, I think they're not necessarily immediately upgrades. I mean, who thought Will Hernandez was going to come in and immediately be perfect? First of all, Joe Thomas isn't perfect. Wasn't perfect. Tyron Smith wasn't perfect. Nobody is. So you expect a rookie to come in out of UTEP and be perfect, then I'm sorry, but you're delusional, and you have the yep. wrong well, understanding of how football works.
1: But Justin Pugh is playing a lot of right tackle last year, who is better than...
0: Eric Flowers, yeah, Eric probably. Flowers. Probably, right. but I is mean... It, Pittsburgh
1: is a better center than any of the three guys who have played center for during preseason or in the regular season right now.
0: Yes, but... That's my point. Okay, but that point is sort of moot if if the end result looks exactly the same, right? I mean, yes, I agree with you. One-on-one, Justin Pugh, probably better at right tackle than Eric Flowers. And while he was playing left tackle, uh, sorry, right tackle, while he was playing left guard, he might have been playing better than Will Hernandez is right now. Weston Richburg at center, absolutely, no doubt. But th- the sum of the whole is more important than the parts. So the product that we saw in week one last year is the same as week two this year, you know, it, it doesn't make a hell of a difference. Yeah, I agree. Um, So what you do when you get a guy like Nate Solder and you add in a draft pick at left guard and you start trying to figure out what you're doing at center, right tackle, et cetera, you know, it's either you're working towards the future or you're doing the stopgap thing while you build slowly. And it's looking more and more like Omame was a bust signing, which I said from the beginning... Eric Flowers okay. is obviously a one-year solution. It Just move him to the right side, dump him. If he has a great year, he'll get a great contract. Somewhere else, it won't be our problem anymore. If he has a bad year, well, we were kind of expecting that anyway. And center, at this point, you know, I guess, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but John Jalapio went down with a broken ankle. He's out for the year. Uh, unfortunate for a good dude, but to my eyes, showed nothing starter worthy.
1: But Now, here's my thing, though, and again, I'm going to go back to I started this thing talking about you know Eli is not the right guy for right now with this offensive line because he's a statue. That that does not mean we need to change our philosophy to have a running. I'm just saying for the 2018 offensive line and the the way it's been prepared and the way the performance is on the field, he is not what the other three guys in the division are. However, yes, you know. So let me make that distinction. I'm not I'm not advocating we go to a full blown. RPO system and get some jackrabbit out there and all he does his run and occasionally throws. So that's not what I'm saying. Okay. What I am saying is that the decision making that was made to say that Eli is going to be the man for the next couple of years, knowing this offensive line is has to be rebuilt basically from the ground up, and we're going to have in year one with such stop gaps that are pretty much unacceptable. I, 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 what are they trying to do? You know, what is this you know, it's not a short-term quick fix it because it's not going to work. I, 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 I guess what I'm really afraid of is that in the short sample size that I've seen of one offseason and two regular season games, I'm a little spooked by the fact that we looked so unprepared last night and a longer-term philosophy that on, again, short sample size looks like we might have made the wrong call, which could set this team back a decade. And that's why I'm a little freaked out right now.
0: I get it. Um, and I think it's too early to freak out about that. I understand it. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know how many times I've said it, but if it were me calling the shots for the draft board, I was prepared to take Sam Darnold before everyone else. Josh Rosen I liked better, but thought that his injury concerns behind this offensive line were a bad idea. But I had no problem taking the Saquon Barkley pick. To me, it was very difficult to pick between the two, and in all likelihood would have liked to have traded down to see how much I could get for that special pick. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I, I understand their philosophy is we want to get the best football player possible, period. But mm-hmm. in 2017 going into 2018, the best football player available may not be the most important piece to build this team kind of from the ground up. And again, when you're coming off a 3-13 and season, you are basically rebuilding from scratch. Your so, core... so my question is, you know, knowing, you know, maybe you know we might be three and thirteen again. We have this whole discussion all over again, and we get the franchise quarterback next year, and it's all of a sudden now you have, you know, a, a, a top three receiver, a top three running back, and a for the future, and you know, you build from there. We might get lucky that way, but who knows? It's too early to see. You know, I I might be freaking out for no reason and we end up being six and ten. We don't get the franchise quarterback and then what?
0: I, I just Well let me let me let me ask you a question. I'm gonna straighten out your brain a little bit here. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna ask you two questions. The first is yeah. what did we define this year as being a successful season?
1: A successful season being we see an implementation of what Pat Shermer and Betcham what wanna do on defense. So at the end of the season, we see growth, and we see something where they're building towards the future.
0: Right, but record-wise, what do we see? What do we think I mean, would be I, a success record-wise if we were to...
1: I mean... Anywhere from, like, seven to nine would okay. be success. Right. But I guess, really, is... But is is record really...
0: No, not necessarily. ...measuring
1: success in 2018?
0: Not, not necessarily, but what I'm mm-hmm. following up with that is... Is A, two games enough sample size to see growth, and B, is seven and nine no longer possible?
1: Um, I The growth is, is way too small of a sample size. I think the, the core thing scared me. Again, being so – we looked like a Mickey Mouse operation last night. I agree. We really did, and that scares me because we just came off of having a Mickey Mouse operation. And I made the comment very early on in the hiring, and we kind of fr- – Gloss it over that uh our new head coach was a abject failure in cleveland and we we kind of brushed it off well everybody fails in cleveland he's grown since then he's become a good offensive coordinator since then whatever but he failed the first time and not everybody becomes fucking uh
0: bill belichick Belichick.
1: after you fail the first time and all of a sudden become great i mean the the Pete Carroll's of the world and the Bill Belichick's of the world are very few and far between. So um, that's just something that we talked about when he first hired him. And we kind of said, all right, well, different situation, and everything. It just kind of I just reminded of that fact after seeing the game yesterday, because that Dallas team is not very good. No, we that's a team that a lot of people were saying you know, during the offseason, you know, probably could finish last in the division, could be one of the five worst teams in the NFL this year. And. The way we just look so you know, again, what they threw at us defensively, it was like we hadn't looked at one film or done anything, and that it doesn't matter who your offensive line is. If you see things you're not prepared for it, you're going to lose and lose badly. So is seven and nine still possible? Possibly. I mean, we have seen giant teams in the past NFL teams look atrocious after two weeks and then you know start playing better as the season ends. I just think we're right now in this kind of this limbo of what do we want to be and what are we trying to do you know, in the next three, five, seven years.
0: I agree again with everything you're saying. But I think the most important thing is that it's A, too small of a sample size. It's just too small. I I, I understand that it was a step backwards. It was also prime time. It was in Dallas. It was not at home. Um, Look, everything you said scares you scares me too. Hey, I don't
1: care about 2008. i I'd be very honest. I don't care what the record is in 2008. No, 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 no me either. And I, I, and I'm, and I know we're going to take our lumps, and I understand all the reasons why we did, you know, physically, talent-wise. This team, you know, we have we, uh, transitioned a lot of this roster already. I think we got – I say the same thing about my Florida Gators too, that when you have a bad, bad coaching staff, you have to get the stink of those old players off your roster as fast as you can. We still have a lot of stink on this roster, and it's going to take a little time to purge it and get you know the guys that you know head coach offensive defensive coordinator general manager want on this team. I get all that I'm not freaked out about wow, it was worse than I thought it would be. It was just things I saw that scare me that could be systemic and you know i don't want ever ever want to see a situation again where we have an offensive line that needs help it needs schematic help to begin with to be functional be deterred by bad coaching that's the shit that kind of scares me i see a quarterback that just looks so shell shocked because of all of this that i never thought that eli manning would just retire and say i'm done i think there's you know there's a slight chance that if he keeps taking a pounding like this after this year and he doesn't look and see a plan for improvement and development in the next couple of years, he might hang it up after this season. Then what? <laughs> then, you know, the plan of Eli's our guy for the next two to three years is thrown out the window. And don't think that that won't happen. He saw what happened to his brother with health and stuff. He's a healthy guy right now, but he takes taking shots like this. He may have a different opinion and he doesn't you know we come off and being three and 13 or four and 12 or five and 11 this year and no path to we kind of need immediate success because the guy's 38 years old and he's running out of contract time. You know, it's all thrown out the window at that point.
0: Yeah, it, it's possible. Um, again, it's too small. It's too small. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to freak out after two games. I'm pissed off. I'm not happy with what I saw last night. I'm not ready to say that every decision we made in the offseason was a failure. Even the core fundamental one uh, was a failure. We, we've we talked too much about how the first couple of weeks are, are a holdover of preseason, that we have a huge turnover, and that this wasn't going to be a quick fix turnaround, that Rome wasn't built in a day. Everything I saw last night was pathetic, disgusted me, and... I share your fears, but I'm not ready to let those fears overcome me or say that this season is over. Because for me, the goal of this season was to see an improvement, to see life, to see future. And you don't get to see that after two games. And if you are seeing that in two games, you can be overreacting in the positive as well. So I'm sure there are Jaguars fans that think that they're going to the Super Bowl this year, and they might be. But by week 10... They might also be fighting to win the division or something with Houston. Hey, look,
1: there are Tampa Bay Buck fans right now, or some delusional ones, that think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the savior. And you know, I again, I, <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm overreacting to this, but definitely, after two games, you can get some seeds of doubt. To you know, it's not shutting the door and saying, "Well, we need to, we've made a horrible mistake, fire this coaching staff, and start over." I'm not saying that. So anybody who thinks I'm saying that, that's not what I'm saying. It's just that, you know, you like to see some things, you know, we're getting, it's week two already. There should be some things where it doesn't seem like it's just a a fundamental mess. And right now we have a fundamental mess.
0: In my, in my honest opinion, what I saw last night after thinking about it was the biggest problem was that. These systems on both sides of the ball are brand new. Normally, when you have a system changeover, you don't have a whole you know, organizational overhaul, you have a new defense come in, right? But the offense is still a holdover. So the offense's continuity and its functionality kind of gives the defense time to learn the system. You know, the defense stinks for the first five weeks, but then it clicks, right? It's harder to do that when both are struggling because the offense can't get can't stay on the field. The defense can't get off the field. Nobody's really playing the way you normally play. I mean, if when you're down, what was it? It Was was it 20 to three? I think it was 23. When you're down 20 to three, you're not playing defense the way you should be playing football. And you're not playing yeah. offense the way you should be playing football. So I, the biggest I'm, thing I think is everybody is learning something new here.
1: Yeah. Everyone. I'm also, I'm really, my criticism and my concerns, I'm talking about the offense. I, I think the defense did a valiant job last week. I, I think I actually saw improvement over the week over week one. I'm putting them. I'm putting that whole defensive side of the ball to the, to the side for right now. I think they'll figure it out. Um, you know, the first touchdown, Janoris Jenkins slipped, and if you'll notice in the game, did you see like uh, Barkley slipping quite a bit as well? Uh,
0: I don't know if it was Barkley, but I I saw players. I flipping.
1: saw quite a bit of our guys that were slipping and sliding a little on that turf. I don't know, you know what the re- if it was just coincidences or not, but Jenkins clearly tripped his feet a little bit, and he was lost on the, on the first touchdown. Well, well covering I'm
0: Austin, not, you can't trip for... Exactly,
1: and I'm not, you know, again, I'm, I think the defense, I'm not worried about them for right, for these the conversations for today. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, the decisions that are made, you know, the overall vision and long-term planning of this team, it's going to rely on the offense and i'm just <laughs> i'm just watching this game and i just i get these flashbacks to bad coaching i've been i've been hit over the head twice with college and pro teams in the last several years with bad coaching and i just i see you know i saw what i saw yesterday and i just was like holy shit not again and i think eli you know feeling you know the constant constant pressure is feeling oh shit not again and
0: Again, I I share your fears and I see everything you're seeing.
1: Will this be – will the offensive line issues be mitigated enough that Eli can still be a functioning quarterback in the league without his body being broken, his brain being scrambled, and his confidence completely shot to the point of no return anymore in this league before he says either fuck it or he's just permanently an inferior quarterback? That's the race that I don't know if we can – win
0: I agree with you there but these were the concerns I had in you know December when we all knew this was coming uh now I mean I've come to accept that this was going to be a bit of a work in progress um and I think we were all fooled a little bit by how decently they played in the preseason. Um,
1: that small sample size
0: it's small sample size but it's enough to you know when you're when you're sitting there not watching any football for six months yeah and you are anticipating this whole new shiny thing you're gonna see it's easy to get tricked by that and i I think we all were a little bit but you know it's important to remember that this wasn't
1: this wasn't work in process i saw yesterday this was a fucking mess no it was a mess it was a mess and there's two different levels of like. Well, they're still figuring it out. You know, there's an occasional false start. There's a guy missed a, you know, something. This was just abject. You know, tr- uh, everybody's gang rushing the the quarterback almost every single play. Well, see, That's I don't think it
0: was trying. that. I don't think it was everybody is running loose. I think on each play, somebody was fucking up, and that to me is, you know. A probably a lack of preparation, but B it's 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 not enough time spent together learning l- l- doing this stuff. You know, I, on one play it's it's Solder getting beat, on another it's Hernandez. On f- far less than people seem to realize, Flowers is screwing up. Omame is getting turned around. Jalapio completely whiffed on one where Eli got killed.
1: Yeah, but how many times though, did you see just a guy just completely un? Started just going. But that's like, what I'm know, saying. It's, just,
0: it's one every time, and it's on a yeah. different person supposed it, to be it, blocking. It's, it's not It's, it's not a jailbreak.
1: There were was, was a lot of plays last night where it wasn't like, well, this guy got beat. It was just like nobody counted for that guy. And just, you know, whether it's a, a, a blitz off the outside from a corner or just, you know, a guy just completely untouched. It was way, way, way too much of that. And that, to me, comes in the preparation and coaching. Where And you keep seeing it. It's just like it's not being corrected.
0: Well, you don't know that. You don't know if it's in the preparation and coaching or – because it's one of two things. It's preparation coaching or it's a mental mistake, right? It could be we talked about this, man. You missed it.
1: Yeah, but some of the comments we heard after the game were like, uh, you know, we never saw that. You know, that, that was all surprise to us. That should, that's unacceptable in the NFL.
0: It is. I agree. It's with unacceptable
1: you, that... in Pee Wee. It's unacceptable in college. It's unacceptable in the NFL.
0: What it looked like to me was a mixture of poor planning and just too early. It's too early for two brand new teams, essentially, out there. New defense, new offense meant screw ups. And and I know you think that the defense is going to put it together, but I don't want to absolve them. I mean, what we saw last week where Blake Bortles ran for sixty yards. I saw again last night with Dak Prescott, time and time again. It's not that hard. As the end, you just don't cheat. When it's an RPO and you know you have a running quarterback, you just stay put for one second. That's all he's doing is reading you. You cheat, he yep. runs. You stay, he hands it off.
1: That's it. And guess who, And guess who we have this week coming up?
0: Oh, well, I mean, we <laughs> knew that this was you know, the brutal part of the schedule, but...
1: Yeah, you know, we got, they're all the same. the best at it. Yeah. We have another RPO running quarterback there. Now,
0: see, for me, what I want to see is the growth from game to game. I don't expect to see changes in a team like this transitioning from what they were last year with new coaches. I don't expect to see in week 2, mid-game, they got it. I expect to see that the difference between week 1 and week 5 yeah, I agree. So that's why while I share all of yours and fellow Giants fans' concerns, I'm not at the ledge because it's not time for that yet. So that's my analysis on it. I don't think any of you are crazy for freaking out. I think it's very scary, and I think that all of your fears that you listed are they're nightmare scenarios. I mean, I grew up in the Dave Brown era. Do you understand how happy I was? And it shames me to say this. How happy I was to see Kerry Collins being brought in. How happy I was to see Danny Cannell being brought in. Those guys were failures.
1: I'm see the thing. I Danny Cannell's a fucking moron. Don't even bring his name up to me, please. But that's another story. That's for another podcast. I do so. I don't even talk about Danny Cannell. <laughs> again, I am more. You know, again, small sample size. Too early to to freak out, but. The thought process of how this team was put together and what they're thinking of for the next couple of years could have been, it could be seriously flawed. It and, could be. And this is, you know, two thousand eighteen is two thousand eighteen. We understand it's a rebuilding year. I don't want this to become something where for the next decade we're regretting a bad read by the general manager.
0: Well, but you Remember, can't understand what the implications are of this draft based on two games. I understand that they made a very, very clear-cut left or right decision because that's what they were dealt, right? It's either right. we're planning for the future at quarterback or we're building the team around what we have and we'll deal with quarterback at another time. And they made a decision. There were, we knew well, for months that they made But you weren't going to find out how those results are going to be after two weeks.
1: Right, but I think also even the selection of a Barkley, says goes back to that kind of a we feel we're we're very close right if, if, if they thought they were way this team had to be a rebuild and they weren't comfortable with any of the quarterbacks they could have dropped it down or something and tried to get like you know the best left tackle in the draft but this very
0: close mean this year neither one of us thought that
1: well maybe they well that's the thing is maybe they thought it and they were completely wrong we didn't think it but, but I mean but even that, after the pick did. we
0: didn't think it though even after the pick, you and I said this year don't be expecting 12 and 4. You know, we, we eight hate eight to- that.
1: But that may not be their mindset.
0: But that but again. why are you freaking out now is what I'm saying. <laughs> if you saw this coming, why are you freaking out now?
1: I am freaking out because I saw something in Eli Manning that I didn't expect to see. Fair. That's that's the difference. I knew the offensive line, you know, could be as bad as it was last year. And, you know, Eli has, at least Eli now has a safety valve in Barkley that he can just do a quick little dump, which we really didn't even have last year. But I just saw, you know, I see a guy that's being thrown around so much that his game is altered because of it. And I think it's too late in the game to recover from that.
0: I agree that we saw that last night, but I don't think we saw that week one. That's all I'm saying. I I feel you, and that's what concerned me last night while I was watching it. But what we saw in week two of him, with plenty of time, start dropping his eyes looking for the incoming hit, I don't think we saw that week one. And I think his numbers reflected that in week one.
1: Well, that's that's the thing. That's the fear is that the, as the longer this season goes, it becomes almost muscle memory because it happens over and over and over and over. I agree. Over
0: again. I agree. But just because they happen sequentially like that doesn't mean that that's the trend it's going in. I mean. It's just the trend of that game. He was getting hit every five seconds in that game. Now, if guess- that carries over to week three, then I'll start getting scared. When it carries over to week four, now I see your point. Do you understand guess- where I'm going and- and with guess- that?
1: And-, and guess what we have next week we have to deal with? It's going to be another disaster again.
0: We'll see. Um, it's going to come down more to game planning than anything else. Listen, Jadavian... Clan- and, that's,
1: and and if that's nothing it scares the shit out of me. I saw terrible game planning last week. So, to, I, I, that just gives me less confidence that, like, after the shit I saw this past, you know, 24 hours ago, to say, well, it's game planning, that makes me even more nervous. Like, I, I need to have a little bit of a confidence level that you have to build. And right now, I don't have that confidence level. And I know it's one week, and I know I'm probably
0: overreacting, but... This shit's real, what we saw last night. I I hear you, but again, it's important for people to realize that trends are not necessarily just because these two games happen in chronological order doesn't mean that the trend is going in that direction. Uh, Games are self-contained in certain ways. You know, he's in that building, five seconds ago he just got hit, five seconds before that he just got hit. Okay, so now he's looking to get hit. You know, it's a whole week later that does not necessarily transfer. So if it transfers, then we'll deal with it. There's no sense in getting worked up now. You know, if, if there's we,
1: nothing we can do about it now. I mean, oh, of I course. Was, I was arguing with someone on Twitter today about, well, you need to, you know, they need to get a, they're to work on this line. I'm like, well, it's not happening until next year. I mean, this is this is it. Yeah. There are no adjustments that can be made. I mean, this is the this is the roster we have. If you want to tinker with somebody on the practice squad somewhere, good luck. It's not going to be better. Nope. Um, I just, I'm. My fear again. I'm going to say it again. Is that just the. You know, as this piles on, how much does this impact Eli mentally as well as physically?
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's the, the kind of thing that we'll we'll have to see next week. Yeah. And if we see next week that he has more time from the beginning of the game, that they have adequately game planned for JJ Watt and. He has the time to make throws, whether the receivers are open or not. But if he's not looking to get hit, we'll see that that was a self-contained incident and that it's okay. <laughs> the, the The point I'm making is we're not at freak-out point yet, so people shouldn't be freaking out. Despite yeah. legitimate, think- legitimate signs for upcoming fears, we're not there yet. And even if we are there yet, we can bitch and complain about all the mistakes that were made. But... At the end of the day, you're just at the... Well, it's back to the drawing board. We're going to have to do something about it. And you can be mad about it. And God knows I'll be mad about it. But whether or not... Whether or not we took Barkley or Darnold, somebody is behind this offensive line. Somebody is in this offense. And somebody's getting thrown around. Right. Well... So, again, this wasn't a... I know it's very pivotal on the one decision that was made in the offseason during the draft but regardless that one decision isn't making this team 2 and 0, 0 and 2, 1 and 1. It's not happening. And even if Sam Darnold was picked, do you think he'd be starting now? No, no, that's not my point. No, I, I I'm I'm not making anything towards you. I'm Yeah. That's an outward do you think that's that's to the fan base. That's
1: it, it's not. very,
0: very easy to be like, "This was the thing that was wrong. This is what we fucked up. This is what we need to fix." But it's not like there's problems everywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, 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 even if they took, if they decided that Eli had one year left, they think we think we can get another one more year out of Eli. We're going to draft a quarterback and and transition smoothly from one to the other. We have a plan.
0: This this year would still be a disaster.
1: This year would still be a disaster, but you'd at least kind of be like this is like the mulligan year like you know we're not we're not going anywhere but that's not the way they're treating this year as not a mulligan year this is the we have eli for three years max maybe two three
0: you don't know our window you don't know that this year is the window so two to three years is a different story what 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 could happen by the we're at week two of first year so right. if their thought process right. is within three years we want to compete for a Super Bowl, week two of year one is not the barometer for if that was the right decision or not. I Again, this is separate from you saying what your fears are. Your fears are legitimate. The fan base's fears are legitimate. But that doesn't – the reason this isn't panic point is because it's just way too early to panic.
1: Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't think that's what they were thinking though. I think they think that the window starts right now for two to three years. We made some adjustments to the offensive line. But we expect we think Eli still plays at a high level that it's now for the next two, three years, not rising right to a crescendo for maybe a year that we are all, all in for twenty twenty. I don't think that's what they meant at all by we think Eli is two to three years left. We think I think what they think was Each he's ready one of to those three right years. Now.
0: Yes I don't, I don't I disagree. I don't think that they thought that. Because I think anyone with a football mind would not think that.
1: But that's an insane thing to think, though, because you're talking, again, a guy who is, how old is Eli? 37, 37, 38? A guy who's clearly had his better days ahead of him. Granted, not all his fault, but it's the facts. That all of a sudden, he's going to have this resurgence because all of these places are, pieces are finally put to place in two years. So a 39-40-year-old slash guy is going to make a tiny little window run that's that's
0: not what i said i'm saying that all i'm saying is that they thought within three years somewhere they're going to compete for a super bowl now when you say that and you think that you don't think that you're going to flip the roster in one year i don't understand you and i have said this together (laughs) at the same time man We, we knew that this year was not the year we knew this and when we knew this we knew that they knew this because they're not that stupid
1: I guess I, when you see it, I guess when you see it in front of your face, as opposed to on paper,
0: the plan is to do this. I think yes. I think I think what is happening here is fans, Reality. very very smart fans, knew that there was a car crash coming. But then once you see what a car crash looks like, you start to freak the fuck out. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. I understand, if, and believe me, internally like, I'm there, but my brain like, understands that I knew this was coming.
1: Right, but if Eli Manning was 30 years old, I think everybody in this, the entire fan base, the organization, everything, have a completely different outlook than the fact that this shelf life is very, very limited for him. And how bad this car crash could be could move that timeline much, much forward.
0: Yes, it could. And how bad this year could be. But we are still at week two. Right. And not for nothing, but week one was a very close... To being a win. Now, just dis- if
1: if Don't everything. Don't worry about scores and wins. And I'm not I'm not
0: even, but I no, I'm I'm not taking that out because I'm gonna say this. I'm not, and again, I'm not talking to you when I say this. But let's just say week one went exactly the way we thought, except instead of a fumbled punt that was returned for a touchdown, the Giants win. But the product on the field was the same that whole time. Then last night happened. How do you think the fan reaction is? We're one and one with everyone in the division except Dallas, who is now no, everyone in the division is one and one.
1: We'd all be one and one. We'd
0: all be one and one. Do you think the fan base is trashing everything that was done? I don't think so. I, I think-, think last
1: night last night was I've been a giant fan now for thirty five years. That might have been one of the ten worst losses I've seen for not just the product on the field, but everything around it. I mean, there's – you Giant fans, you all know all the, the hideous games we had, the 31 nothing Dallas game and, you know, the the Rams game last year goes up there and just, uh, you know, the shutout loss in the playoffs. All these different things are horrible, horrible losses. And that, you know – again, maybe it just opened up eyes to how far this, you know, thinking just, you know, a new coaching staff comes in and puts the pixie dust on and – you know things are a lot better because a lot of blame went on just well McAdoo was such a bad coach and you know these things and no it's not just the coach that was the problem and you know it, it's a reality check I just wonder how much of that reality check happened with Gettleman before. well
0: I mean again we will see I don't think it's time but I think the words reality check are the right words this is what you and I said might happen, and I think a lot of people are just finally seeing it and what this looks like when, when it's not just described in words and predictions, but what it actually looks like when you're watching it on the field. This, is, this, this reaction is natural that people are having, and I get it. And internally, again, I'm screaming you, while I'm watching this game.
1: Do you think last night was a worst-case scenario that you could have predicted, especially against the quality of opponent we played?
0: No, I think if this game were at home, it would be worse. I think that play, I honestly, I mean, we see this all the time, right? This team shits the bed in prime time away all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that does play into it. Again, this is, you know, it's early in the year. Dude, dude there's a hundred million factors in here. It's, it was a terrible performance and I was pissed off at it. No, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: But also, you know, kind of scanning around the league too. Dude, we didn't see that many examples of, this being this bad.
0: Are you kidding me? Do you <laughs> want to be a Bills fan
1: right now? I'm talking about like, you know, the the biggest problem we have. The Bills have more problems than we do.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: Yeah. They're the worst team in the league. And uh, and Arizona might be the second worst team in the league. I'm talking about the the biggest problem we have which affects so many other different things on this team. We didn't think that problem number 1 was this much of a could be this bad at any given moment. I didn't think it would be this bad at any given moment. I don't care if it's week one or the preseason or week 15 or whatever it was. I never thought we would see this be this bad.
0: Um. No, I probably didn't think it would be this bad. No. Yeah.
1: Now, this might be a one-game aberration where, okay, we see some progress next week and the week after and blah, 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 blah. blah. But – for a one-game scenario against a team that we, again, we previewed, we didn't think was a very good defense.
0: Nope. <sighs> yeah. Holy Christ. I'm with you. I'm with you. Everyone's concerns are valid. I'm, I'm here with you. I'm annoyed. What I saw was unacceptable to me. Now, I can say that, but how they follow it up is more important. So.
1: Yes. What do you f- want to see next week?
0: On Friday what's morning. Most,
1: what's the most important thing you want to see next week?
0: On Friday morning, you'll hear all about how we will go over the strengths and weaknesses of Houston and what needs to be addressed. Because, again, this is a team with a very good front seven on defense that needs to be contained. A running quarterback who I question his throwing ability and his ability to move through progressions. I think Watson is probably better than Prescott. I would rather have Watson over Prescott.
1: Um, a little different styles, but a
0: yeah, little. I say, but I mean, yeah, similar enough. We've he's quick, he's we, fast. We've gone through, in a, you know, I, I guess reflections of the same person with Bortles to Prescott, Prescott to Watson. We're sort of yeah floating around the line of the same thing. Uh, same thing defensively with these teams.
1: And I think this is also a reality check for a lot of Giant fans. Just because you have stars and you're very top heavy with some talent of playmakers, that alone does not, you know, wipe away all the other problems that an offense has. Because I saw a couple of people like, I don't understand, you know, how Beckham only has four targets. Or I don't understand when you have the talent of Barkley. It it doesn't matter. You can't block, you can't get the ball to these guys. These guys are, you know, it's not, this isn't basketball. This isn't like just having Michael Jordan or having LeBron James as one guy who can clean up for a team having zero defense or something. You know, they're all part of the pieces of an offense. So stop with the, it doesn't make any sense because we have Beckham and we have Barkley because that's not the way football
0: works. Agreed. In any case, everybody take a step back, sit in your chair, wait for the season to progress. It's not over. And when I say that, I don't mean this is a prediction they're going to the Super Bowl because I didn't say that and I don't think that. But there is time for this team to improve and give you hope for next year. They can still compete. It's 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 not time to freak out yet. You know, We are not at the 0-5 Ben McAdoo where we're seeing things get worse before they get better. At, in, instead of get better, so we're not there yet. So, everybody, yeah, let's, chill the fuck out. Listen to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. <laughs> Just Giants. Follow me on Twitter, where you can yell at me all you want on how wrong I am. That's fine. At football underscore grump.
1: Yeah, we can handle it. I'm at the cranky fan. Uh, <laughs> I um, you know. I don't know, Grump. I I I am just very annoyed. I really am. I'm, you know, I I just. Octum's Razor says sometimes the easiest explanation is the most sound one, and I'm I'm hoping that you are right. You know, I my logic usually says give me enough of a sample size to prove something, but sometimes when, you're pissing upstream, mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> sometimes it comes it, back. It's the truth. It sometimes it comes back. So. <laughs> Let's see how many metaphors I can mix in one sentence.
0: That's a lot. All right everyone, go Giants.
1: Go Giants.